Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Non-Sequitur, we are in the house for a hot 60 minutes of, I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but that's the fun of it. Uh, you are listening live to us on a Tuesday night, June the 20th, 2023. I'm Dre, he's Jay. Hey, we're just going to shoot the breeze like we always do. We're going to get really deep like the Titanic, although right now that's probably not a good idea. Um, did, still, did you read? <laughs> oh, still, still, did you read how low the uh, the submersible was clear to go as opposed to how low the actual Titanic is? Well, yeah, because I think the Titanic's at like 12,000 feet deep. Um, it's a pretty ridiculous number. So I did not see, what was it rated for? About 4,500. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, just, a, just a little short. Yeah. And then I saw another thing that said that the, the little submersible was controlled by a video game controller. <laughs> Not kidding. No, I saw it too. They, they're going to play Pac-Man with human beings live. That's a great idea. Just just brilliant. So brilliant all around. So the general assumption that, that, that they – because cause I keep seeing the ticking clock – oh, they have, they have 50 hours of air left. Well, they might not have any air if that thing was – 8,000 feet below its rated depth. Don't don't think it's something you should really uh, look look for a happy ending. I, I don't really see that. Uh, I don't see that turning out well. Uh, not, not that I know a lot about submersibles or anything like that. But right. I was just kind of like, really? This is what you well, want to do? I can tell you something that size is going to be a whole hell of a lot harder to find than the Titanic. <laughs> it's not the Titanic, that's for sure. Yeah. It's a fraction of the size. And it took, yeah, five it took people. decades to find the Titanic. So how long <laughs> right. is it going to take to find this little thing? I mean, if, you know, if, it, if it, let's say it got crushed and just slept away in the the ocean stream and, you know, it, things just don't sink like rocks all the way straight down. Um, I'm guessing it might be a, 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 a Amelia Earhart situation where we just never see it again. <sighs> well, there, there could also be a, a happy ending. Let, let's not give up hope. Keep hope alive. Um, sure. Uh, okay. Well, you know, it's not over till it's over. That's, that's Jay, the ultimate optimist at all times. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a new one. <laughs> um, I, we, we laugh cause we have to, cause situations like that, that's kind of how we handle them as we kind of chuckle at them. Uh, it's probably not nice, but we don't know them. So that doesn't really affect them. Let's be honest. Uh, anyway, that's right. Uh, that's I don't a, have. If I if I was a billionaire, <laughs> I'd probably do a better job of vetting the submersible company that's taking me down on the on the dive to the Titanic. Probably, um, and but you know what? The here's one good news: they were looking for the Titanic. Something tells me they found it. Hey hey! A lot sooner than they probably expected to. Yeah, I know. Still too soon. 
Uh, anyway, uh, so, so how's your summer been going? What uh, what the kids do for for Father's Day? Uh, we just hung around the house and had a nice day and went had a barbecue that evening and just really just a nice day home spent with the kids and the family and I, I can't ask for better than that. They they were they yeah. were really nice to me for a day. That that always helps. <laughs> As opposed to what? Wait a minute. Well, no, you yeah. know. We got breaking extra, news here. They extra usually nice. assholes to you or something. No, no, extra nice. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, and cute factor is is uh, up and about. Yes, she's she's walking around. She's got a little she's got a little bit of a limp, um, but she she's walking and you know she's in physical therapy twice a week. And once they clear her uh, for walking normal, she'll be able to move on to running. And she she's on. Uh, schedule she should be on so we were told when it happened and she had the surgery that they expected full recovery by you know july and it looks like uh we're on our way that's great excellent great to hear no it's uh it feels like it's been a lot longer right you you always hear about life's life's flying at you and it's fast no since this happened uh, which was the day after easter does not feel like it's only been a few months since since it happened. It it, it it's, feels like we've been dealing an ordeal that we've been dealing with this for much longer. So we'll, we'll be glad when she's all better and back to normal. Yeah, I, I can only kind of measure by my own timeline of things uh, you know that I'm going through. Uh, it, it's it's it feels like a long time ago because I remember when it happened. I didn't have feeling in my left hand. I was going through uh, nerve issues, and that's cleared up. So that's 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 a while ago. That's uh, a couple months ago at least. So uh, yeah, things uh, move along, and and great to hear that things are progressing, and, and I'm very very happy for that. Uh, it's been a weird uh, summer over here for me as I've been uh, going through these different interview processes for college football scouting coming up uh, in the fall. Uh, I, I don't think it's going well, but I don't actually know these things. I don't know. This is turning into a saga for you. It is. Um, So the one interview that I described to you on the last show was for a a different outfit. And uh, I, I think a newer, outfit of, of scouting, uh, uh, they call themselves scouting heroes. Um, I thought that interview went well, except for the part where he found out I had no knowledge of college football as far as the current events and who was the, who's the champion and who played in the playoffs uh, just this past January, February and all that. Um, I haven't heard a thing from them since. Uh, the Football season isn't really that close to starting. We're still in late June, so there's a chance that they'll still uh, get back to me. But just I'm just telling you facts. Uh, whenever that interview happened last month, uh, now it's June 20th, and I still haven't heard a thing back. So not going to really worry about that. In the meantime, I got another interview for another video scouting position. Um, that was uh, – the scouting heroes that was to actually go out to the games because they were asking me about uh, University of Mississippi and, and Arkansas State, uh, in addition to University of Memphis. Then I, I saw a couple of positions by the parent company of the people that I used to do the baseball work for. Uh, 
That was Baseball Info Solutions. This is Sports Info Solutions, their parent company. They were, they're looking for video scouts for the upcoming college football season. That's obviously uh, remote uh, where I wouldn't have to go to the games. But they're also looking for uh, local people to go to the games uh, and, and do work there as well. So I didn't exactly know what all that entailed, but I knew I, I went to the games for baseball and whatever that was. Uh, I didn't really know when I when I got into it, but then they – sent me this little test game, and I did uh, okay, I guess, okay enough where they hired me. Uh, so I said, oh, maybe it's the same thing, and I, I enjoyed the baseball, and the, the, the football actually looked to, to, to pay a lot better than the baseball. Uh, if, if I read it correctly, it looks like uh, basically triple what the, each game was for baseball. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll go out for that. I'll try for that too. So I had sent in applications for both, and so what I've been doing now is going through uh, dual applications and everything that comes with both of those positions. And it's different. So the video uh, interview process, there's been one already with them and there'll be a second one that's going to be coming up uh, this coming Friday. And the first one happened last Wednesday. And again, similarly to the, uh, to the scouting heroes interview, I thought it went overall pretty well, except for a couple of parts where he kind of tried to test me and see where my football knowledge was, and I came up a, a little short, and I, I didn't do nearly as well as, as uh, I hoped I would do or nearly as well as maybe somebody who hosts a football podcast for 10 damn years should have done. Uh, basically, basically, he's asking me things like, so describe to me the difference between cover one and cover three, and I'm like, uh, well, cover I, one would be a single high safety, see, and a cover three would be three high safety. Oh, see, look at that. You, again, oh. maybe you should you should be the one uh, applying for these jobs. But I, I don't I don't study it's, strategies it's, I just know that in football. Like, okay, there you go. I really and and one of the questions he asked uh, was also about cover two and what would be the best way to attack it. Now that I definitely know from Madden. Ah, over the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said the the Tight middle linebacker drops. <laughs> the middle linebacker drops back in coverage, so you want to go over the middle and attack that that voided area. Uh-huh. And he, he seemed like he was uh, impressed with that answer. Uh, but yeah, I, I I knew enough about cover three where I said, well, there's three zones being split up and defended and he's like yeah Yeah. (laughs) as opposed to one yeah it's like it's a three it's a three it's basically a three deep zone so yeah but but i didn't really know how to i i never sat there and tried to describe or had to try to describe it i never went through coaching again i just this is this isn't my forte i i I watch football definitely uh, it definitely uh has brought home to me how little actual football that I watch and how, how much more that I could stand to learn because my, my watching has been very uh, on the surface. Like I, my, my, my greatest depth as far as watching has been uh, pay attention to the offensive and defensive lines. And that'll show you basically you know, whoever oh, wins right. the line of scrimmage usually wins the game. That's kind of the deepest I've ever gone. You know, I've never had the all 22s. I don't look at the, the coverages and the safeties and the corners and what are they playing, playing press or man. I usually don't pay attention to the stuff like that. 
Um, and obviously they're trying to hire people who have knowledge of that. And that's what you're going to be looking into uh, when you're doing this video studying. So that's what he explained it to me is, is, a, is kind of split up into like watching one team and looking at all the things they do on offense during a game, watching one team, uh, watching everything they do on defense. You wouldn't be watching the whole game and trying to pick up everything. That would be impossible. But you would be assigned either one team, watching their offense, watching their defense, or what he called watching their uh, participation. So basically just charting everyone that comes into, a, you know, into every play and, and comes out of the game and just making sure you know who's on the field for every play. Um, so they wouldn't try to have somebody doing everything, trying to look at everyone who comes in and also all the coverages that they're in and all of that stuff. That would be uh, insane. Uh, but the challenge of doing that, I, I – I'm looking forward to it if I'm able to uh, fool these people into giving me uh, that scouting position that, in, that basically is an internship. It doesn't really pay anything, but uh, that's how uh, crazy I'm going with the, with my day job that I've been at since I moved down here. It's so dead. There's some days we're just really sitting there for several hours waiting for some some work to come in, and it definitely was not like that when I first got down here. It was it was hot and heavy and plenty of work and uh, plenty of people there and, and is, is definitely going uh, the wrong way right now. It's definitely trending, trending bad. So I think I'm looking at this as sort of a way out or, you know, a possible shift as far as if they, if, you know, if I can get this scouting position and do well enough that maybe they'll find a full-time type job for me, maybe I'll, prove good enough to where they'll trust me with more and more assignments and I can make that, you know, sort of my primary uh, thought process as far as making money and not have to worry about this day job. Um, and then if I can supplement that by actually going to games and doing that position, which is a different interview process and a different uh, testing process. Uh, so there was testing involved for the video scouting. They sent me um, where I had to go and, and log in and, and put my email in and go to a website where they had these videos set up where you go, okay, this is what's happening on this play and what, what's the offensive line doing? What kind of blocking the zone blocking and all that? Uh, what, where's the, where's, here's the all 22, where's the defense at? What's their coverage? Um, very intimidating, uh, very, you know, uh, difficult to figure out for someone who's not used to trying to, to look at all that type of stuff. Um, and then the last part of that test was, here's here's a play, here's one play, here's seven minutes, write down everything or type out everything you see on this play, everything that happened as far as well, the coverage, you know, what coverage was the offense in, yeah. uh, what, you know, or what coverage was the defense in, and what uh, blocking scheme was the offense using, what what hole was the uh, the running back trying to hit, you got, you got to figure that out. Uh, not the hole that he actually hit. What hole was the play set up for him to hit? So it's really, really in-depth. And it's the type of thing where I'm confident if they train me and show me the things I'm supposed to be looking for, I'll, I'll get it right in the future. Right now, I'm not going to get too much of that right, uh, but I did my best. I tried. And, and I, I'll, I'll say this. I did enough where they keep coming back to me in the interview process. I think if I really did as crappy as I feared I, I, I did, that they wouldn't even keep going forward with me, right? Uh, so that, that's what I'm holding out hope for. I'm, I, the, this interview that I did last Wednesday was a lot uh, less time than the uh, 
Scouting Heroes. That was like 40 minutes. This was like 15 or 20. Um, and then right after that, he emailed me and said, okay, now you're moving on to the next interview process with a different person. That's the one that's coming up Friday, and it's going to be more, uh, he, according to him, it's going to be more job-oriented interview. It's not going to be uh, about football. It's going to be more you know, job history and resume type stuff. Uh, so okay. that, that's a good thing. Now, as far as uh, the actual going to the games, that was a, that was a whole nother process. Uh, last weekend, they sent me that test, which was they, uh, similar to baseball. They sent me a bunch of plays and they said, you have to tell us what happened on these plays. It's not about schemes and, and really knowing football in depth. This is more, they actually sent me every single thing that you might possibly have to put in for a play. Um, and I can't, I guess I can read them all off cause it's a real quick list. Completion, interception, uh, incompletion, design run, QB scramble, sack, positive yards, loss of yards, penalty, first down, touchdown, field goal, extra point, punt, INT, fumble, lateral, end of play, clock running, end of play, clock stopped, end of play, clock stop, but will restart because they do that in college. Uh, injured player, negated score, under center formation or shotgun formation or field goal, extra point formation or punt formation. That's it. Uh, whatever happens on the play, you you fill in the the little bubbles and say this happened. This day was under it was under shotgun, and then they ran the play and it was a running play and they lost yardage or whatever. Uh, so it's just like the baseball uh, work that I did in that it's just a straightforward documentation of this is what happened. Yeah, right. That, that's all you're doing. I know I can do that because um, I did it in in baseball. Right. So I think that's all happening off. in real time. It's all happening in real time. Now it's going to be different from baseball in that it looks like they want you to do all of this uh, on an app on your phone. It's not that it's not like I'm going to be sitting there with a folder like I was. Yeah, I was going to guess this baseball. would be something that would be done on like an iPad or a, you know some, something like that or a phone or something. Yeah, it's going to be some app that I have to download and, and hope that the Wi-Fi is working at whatever stadium I go to and. Hope that Good everything works that. out as far as, yeah, exactly. Uh, guys, I, I tried, I really did, but the, the damn Wi-Fi wasn't, wasn't any good. So I, I can't, I, I got nothing for you. Sorry. Uh, so I, I'm sure there's going to be some technical uh, issues with that. Uh, but I, I sent in the test and I felt very, uh, as opposed to the other tests for the uh, video scouting where I've sent it in. I was like, uh, I know I didn't get most of those. I, I know I screwed that up. Uh, the, this one, uh, I, I sent in that test and I felt very, very good about uh, everything uh, that I sent in. And like immediately the next morning they sent, uh, they came back and they, they, they didn't give results of the test, but they said, uh, you will, you are now going to the next part of the interview process, which that's going to be tomorrow morning uh, for that. Um, so I think they, I think I did pretty good on that because they, they didn't get back to me immediately with the other one. Um, so one way or another, I'm, I'm not counting uh, eggs before they hatch, but I can't help but be um, upbeat and, and really looking forward to August. And I, I, I got a feeling, I feel like something is going to come, come about in, in August. Um, I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a, of a life switch or life change, or, you know, even just uh, say, I don't even get the video job, but I do get the gig going to the games uh, on Saturday. That'll be, an adventure and that'll be something, you know, extra, uh, 
that I that I'll be looking forward to and I'll have fun and I'll make you know a little extra money. Um, but if, if everything goes right, I'll get both and I'll be able to sit there and look at the the, the film and and do the scouting work while I'm at work at my day job, sitting there on downtime, trying to not to fall asleep. Um, I'll actually be working and, and you know, going towards becoming a, you know, maybe an actual football scout later, you know, in the future, maybe it, if it all works out the way I'm hoping that this actually turns into something uh, that I can maybe make a, a new career out of. But then that's, you know, counting chickens a little bit before they hatch. That's like best case scenario type stuff, but, I, but I'm excited. I, I think uh, something big is coming. I, I can feel it. And I'm really looking forward to, I've been bored as hell in June, just coming home and like, Oh God, watching more baseball, watching more ump show and you know, whatever. Um, but I, I feel like July and August are, are, are going to be, uh, you know, a whole new atmosphere for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's good. You know, and it keeps you in, it gets into the sports realm. Yes, it's much more uh, exciting as far as uh, something that I really look forward to doing instead of just getting up every morning and uh, here I go to this job again. And, uh, <sighs> so that, that's that's what's going on with me. Um, speaking of the the Ump Show, um, that, that's our latest uh, addition to our our very bloated soundboard, which I probably could sit there and work on on pairing some of this stuff off. That's, you know, I'm looking for stuff to do. That's something I could do. Uh, but I, I'm watching all the ump shows happening and I'm watching the, the pitch clock and the umps jumping out and trying to do this and do that. And then, no, you went too soon. And now the batter didn't get in the box. Oh, it's time, it's bad. But people really terrible. pay their hard earned money to go see those umps. <laughs> those umps truly believe it. That's what they act like. Uh, so it reminded me of, of, of old Enrico Palazzo. So I finally had to go. That's what that's what it feels like watching these games. Like they're doing cartwheels and they're putting on the show. Yep. And now you're ejected. And now you're ejected. Was that three three guys got thrown out by one ump at one time? In about thirty seconds, yes. I, it, yeah, no, it's it's getting bad. And they're they're clearly patrolling around trying to find guys and things. And oh god, did you see the one where the guy they said he was on the wrong side of second base and he clearly wasn't. <laughs> For the defense, because uh, you know it's supposed to be when the pitcher lets the ball go, and as soon as the pitcher started the windup, the guy would sprint into his position because he was he was on the bag, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the umps just you know they'd start waving their arms and hey, hold on, hold on, oh hold yeah, and everything's got to be so everything's got to be so dramatic. Seeing the one I think last weekend where the pitcher started to have some disappointment over a ball four, and the ump like took his mask off and started jawing and staring down at the pitcher. I'm like, oh. dude, what are you I'll doing? You, my, my son's got his first playoff game tomorrow for baseball. And I can tell you after watching his games the last, uh, oh boy, eight, eight, ten weeks or so, or whatever it's been, uh, some, there's some future MLB umps patrolling those little leagues. Got some Enrico Palazzo's out there. Oh man. I have seen balls. I have seen called strikes on balls over kids' heads. <laughs> Called strikes, not, not swinging strikes. Called strikes. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're getting know, ready. They're getting ready to cartwheel. 
I mean, we we actually had one on on video of a of a ball where the you know the ball when it crossed the plate was actually over the kid's head. Of course, the kid doesn't swing, and um, you know he's punching these kids out. And it's like, oh, oh man, and doing a dancing and yeah, moonwalk. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, <sighs> now, do you, do you know what you got to do. You just got to teach your kids to start swinging over their heads. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, no you know they're gonna get called out otherwise. So you, you got oh, yeah, my son's actually got a pretty good batting eye. Um, so when when there's pitches that are questionable, he doesn't swing, and he gets he gets you can see how frustrated he gets when those get called strikes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> kid, get used to it. <laughs> yeah, just the beginning. Gonna, so that's gonna tomorrow make night. these kids go to. They're gonna make them go to to voodoo and start talking to their bats, and, and next thing that's you right. know, they're gonna be. Stop, Look, I go to you. I stick up for you. You know, help me now. Fuck you, Jobu. I do it myself. You got to get to that point. At some point, you got to start talking to the bad and trying to make it work for you because you can't rely on the umpires to, to respect the strike zone. No, they're, 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 they're not going to help you out. No, they're, they're busy putting on the ump show. Everybody's here to see the umps. Ugh. Uh, sure feels that way. Uh, so what else has been on your uh, on your mind for this summer? You know, it's just been we're, we're a long way off from our normal. Like usually by now we have all, we're either really close to or we've already been on vacation, and we don't have anything really in the pipeline as far as going away um, at all for a while. And so it's just been this. You know, and obviously it's hard, you know, with with Trin being injured. So it's it, it's it really has just been that one day leading into the next. Just I mean, trying the, to get through this, you know. Right. That's the one saving grace I could tell you is at least you didn't have some grand vacation planned yeah, in June no, and July. We, yeah, we originally did. I don't know if that mm. I ever talked about that on the show, but we were originally planning on taking the kids down to Florida in June. Oh, okay. Right after they got out of school. And it was probably a week, maybe two weeks before she broke her leg that we were like, no, you know what? We're going to go in October because there's Mm. some strange week in October where they have three days off of school for whatever, you know, like teacher enrichment or it's a report card season. So they have only they only have a two day school week. So we're just taking them out of school for those two days, and then we're going to make our trip. So we're like, okay, wow, we can go take a ten day vacation, and the kids are only going to miss two days of school, and we could do it at a time of year when it's not going to be, as you know, being in the south, uh, yep. it won't be as oppressively hot and and muggy. And I'm sure you're already on your way to that if you're not there already. Yep, we're we're up in the nineties. I, yeah, no. So we didn't want to really deal with, we didn't, and we didn't want to go in July or August because that apparently is, it's when it's, when it's the most brutal down that way, especially on the Gulf Coast. Yeah. And you don't, you don't have the breeze coming in offshore anymore and it's just, it's just hot and oppressive. And so we're going to go in October and hopefully there's no hurricanes. And, yeah. you know, although the kids want to see one, the kids are like, I hope there's a hurricane. I hope there's a tropical. Okay. Oh, slow. <laughs> Slow it down a little bit there. We don't want to. We don't want to have to evacuate, <laughs> and that that would be a whole new vacation 
memory that we'd be creating. Guys, remember when we had to evacuate before the, the hurricane wiped uh, the town we were staying in off the map? My my wife, who's here, who's from here in Memphis and been here all her life, anytime we get that uh, millimeter of snow that shuts down the entire city, yeah. uh, she she's always so excited. Oh, it's snowing. I want to see snow. And I'm like, First of all, you don't want to see snow. You think you do, but it's just because it's a, a you know, something that's a novelty for you down here. And second of all, you don't want it to be heavy snow. Uh, you say you do, but that's because you don't have to work. Her, her job is such that they, right. uh, any, you know, that millimeter of snow, the, the job shuts down. Even if uh, the streets are kind of good, uh, anytime it snows, the job, the job that she has uh, says, no, you don't have to come in. Uh, so it's much easier for her to say, yes, it, it's good to see snow and I want to see snow because she doesn't have to go to work when it snows. I still have to go to work because as we know <laughs> from COVID days, I'm essential. So I always have to go to work, even though we have no work. But I get so, yeah, that. They, they think they want to see her again. They, they really they really don't. No. No. While I, while, while I share some of their sentiment that it would be cool to – go through something like that, obviously it would need to be extremely weak, <laughs> you know. It's cool unless you get hurt. Or it's, you know, it hits farther away from where we are and we just get the waves and some rain or something and, and they get to see some big waves. That's about all I need to see. I, I just want to go and have a relaxing week of vacation, not uh, dodging hurricanes and tornadoes. Yes, the the, tor- the tornado chasers, the, the tornadoes are cool to the tornado chasers until they get caught. Oh, they're, they're, yeah, they're cool. They're cool to watch those. I, I watch the, the YouTube videos and stuff. Those are cool. Mm-hmm, because you're not, Cause I'm not Yeah, because I'm not the one <laughs> driving away from a mile-wide tornado that's trying to, you know, wipe me off the face of the earth. Yes, that, that, that would not be cool. I will never understand the the tornado chaser. That that's a whole different. Ah, you know, I get that too. I actually, I, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, that, not for me. <laughs> no, and where you no. are, I mean, you're under. You know, any day could be the day. Yeah, I I'm, I definitely did not feel that that threat uh, all those years living in Chicago. Um, even though you know downstate in Illinois, there's tornadoes uh, well, we all the had, time. What was that? Uh, oh God, what was the big one? Plainfield. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was down by that was down by what Lockport and Joliet. Well, that's uh, kind of what we had uh, that was here a bad in, one. in yeah. <laughs> the, the one here in in Wynn, Arkansas was was not that bad, but it was pretty bad, and that was like really close as far as um, not far at all from from Memphis, maybe an hour. Yeah, not not well, you know, really. Rock- didn't Little Rock just get hit by one earlier this year? Probably the same uh, series of ones that, oh, okay. uh, that okay. when uh, and Little Rock is a couple hours from us. Yeah, uh, the wind is like right next door. So uh, wind is so close that that's actually where my wife was born. So she's oh. very familiar with the area and like that high school in wind just got leveled, just completely destroyed. Yeah. Um, so that that's the closest it's gotten to us. Uh, but yeah, we didn't have that in Chicago or near Chicago all the time. But yeah, down here it seems like every uh, every spring there's some tornado that looks like it's about to hit us, like maybe five minutes away, and then they just barely uh, miss us. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's, we we've been in our closet more than uh, than I care to admit. <laughs> uh, just but that's pretty much her, uh, you know, 
always trying to be prepared. I, I'm, you know, me, I, I'm just sitting here. I, I'm the guy that would be dead because the glass of the, in the window uh, got me in the neck because I didn't move because I was just like, yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah. Right. Right. It'll be all right. It's going like, to pass through. Out the front door and go, Ooh, where? I wouldn't run out the front door, but I most of the time I don't want to move when when the when the sirens are going and the lights are flickering or whatever. It'll pass. Be all right. Just just be calm. Well, you got that whole boy that cried wolf thing going. Like when the sirens go off all the time. Right. "Eh, Uh, Not this time. Okay. Yeah. One time it won't be okay, but uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, How much of the NBA finals did you catch? You know, I did not watch much, but I – this is so strange, but I was following it, if that makes sense. So yeah, I understand. I'm watching, I watched a little bit, but I, you know, but I was doing more of following, especially with the, uh, with the media narratives, you know, especially with the Nuggets. Uh, apparently, all you had to do to piss off the Nuggets was just uh, no matter what point of the playoffs they were in or in the finals, just talk about the Lakers. That seemed to be the key to rile up the Nuggets, and I, and and I understood their argument because even as they were going through the finals, all the talking heads, everything was still about the Lakers and LeBron. Yeah, no nobody cared about the Nuggets and the Heat. The NBA did not really do a good job of pushing it. This is clearly not the narrative uh, finals. <laughs> if you're trying to push a storyline or ratings. I, I, I mean, but we knew that. We talked about it on the last yeah. show. That it was going to be Denver and Miami. Like, Ugh. yeah, nobody, uh, yeah, nobody they, wants the the Nuggets in the Heat, and, and they dispatched yeah. them quickly. Uh, they're a good team. I mean, they were the number one seed, and they were playing against the play-in. So what? And they were what, playing what are we against about? the play-in. Team. Now that's a play-in team that ran through. Yeah. All the best teams in the East. Uh, or or the best teams in the East kind of got themselves beat or ran through themselves. Like the the, the yeah. Celtics are the Celtics. The well, that Sixers Celtics and the story. We, yeah, because it was our last show. We were going on about you know how the Celtics were gonna. We were joking about right. You know them coming all the way back. Right. Well, they got them where they want them, and they end up coming all the way back just to get the doors blown off in Game Seven. So you get this huge anticlimactic finish. And I and I saw it coming. So what could have been of, historic, you know? And it did it at money home. on that. Oh. Yeah, I, oh, I knew they were going to do it. I knew they were going to do that. I knew the Celtics because they're so damn soft. I knew they were right. going to rally all the once they won Game Five. I said, oh, they're going to go to Miami Game Six and destroy them, uh, so they can force uh, this historic Game Seven at home in Boston. They're going to shit the bed. That's exactly what happened. That's what they do. <laughs> And you didn't have a nickel on it. That's why it happened. Didn't have a nickel on it. Nope. Of course not. Of course. Of course. <sighs> I knew they so were yeah, going to do heat, that. The Heat were a nice story, but that that really was a bunch of guys playing. You know, it was Jimmy Butler and guys that played all way over their heads. And, and you know, no, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. That, that's absolutely correct. Also. The juju, the juju ran out. The the shooting turned into shit at the wrong time yeah. for the Heat for all the the role players, and on top of all of that, probably more most important of all of that, the star player ran out of juice. Like Jimmy Butler clearly had less juice and less energy uh, in the finals than he did in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. Like he put everything he had into carrying that team through the first two or three rounds, 
And by the time he got to the finals, he had he, he had nothing left because he's not really a superstar. And he was playing superstar right. ball and, and and playoff Jimmy and Hemi Butler and all of that. And uh, that it was great. It was, it was the best month of basketball he's probably ever played in his life. But then the finals came and he kind of turned back into Jimmy Butler, who is okay, but not that great. Well, yeah, but how can you – how sustainable is that? You can't put the entire team on your back for – and it's just going to keep going. You're going to keep going through all of these superior opponents. And, I mean, and Denver wasn't having any of it. Yeah, it's sustainable if you're an all-time great like LeBron James or Michael yeah, Jordan or LeBron, somebody like that. That Butler run with Miami reminded me of that first LeBron run with Cleveland. Oh, that first Cleveland team that he got drafted to? That first to? Cleveland run, yeah. Truly or... LeBron James and dudes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and they got blown out in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. in the finals, right? Yeah. Made it to the finals somehow, some way, and then Tim Duncan and the Spurs just said, okay, that's cute. Get the fuck out of here. You you, you, yeah. you don't belong here. Correct. Uh, yeah. And that's exactly what Jokic and the Nuggets did to the to the Heat. So it, not not the most, you know, perfect parallel, but the closest thing I right. can think of to what we just witnessed, which was, you know, a one a, a one superstar carries a team through just sheer will and all those guys completely playing out of their minds and then, you know, the clock struck midnight. No, it is, it is very similar. Um, so with all of that, congratulations uh, to the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, good uh, for that. Bringing a First championship in franchise history uh, to Denver. I'm sure Russell Wilson was very proud. That's right. And so the finals end, and my wife turns to me almost as soon as it's over and says, who's the most famous player that Denver Nuggets have ever had? And I'm like, uh... Uh, Michael Adams? (laughs) Okay, we're '80s heads, so we're gonna go. That's that's where I I didn't go to Michael Adams, but I went back uh, to the '80s and I said, okay, they're they're all-time franchise leading scorers. A guy named Alex English. You ever heard of him? And she's like, Oh, sure, I remember Alex English. I said, uh, okay, they they had another great scorer named Fat Lever. You you heard? You remember? It? No, mm, no. I just remember Michael Adams because he was just like he would shoot. He was like Steph Curry. Shoot, he is, shoot but. But he wouldn't hit him. Um, <laughs> but as soon as his hands got on the ball, he'd shoot. That was as soon as he stepped Adams. in the arena, he was open. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, love, love but That's Adams. pretty sad. That that I I can't think of that. That's not a culture rich historical franchise when we think about Denver. So I'm guessing that Jokic is now just their de facto best player ever. Um, Best overall players, uh, certainly, absolutely. Uh, most famous, I eventually landed on the correct answer, which doesn't have that much to do with basketball. It's more that um, he's, you know, he came out in sort of the so- the beginning of social media, and his wife is is famous for trying to be famous, and so a lot of people know who he is just through his wife Lala. But uh, actually, Carmelo Anthony would probably be the correct answer for the uh, most famous Nugget. Yeah. Um, but his career, yeah. But his Nuggets career wasn't all that great. But how long was he great. there? He wasn't not that long. He was original. They drafted him, so he was there for the right. first what six okay. years, uh, and, and was a nomad after that, um, and and did some good stuff with him. But you know, obviously, didn't take him to the finals or anything like that. Um, 
but yeah, the, most people would know him uh, more more so than any you know Alex English or Kiki Vandeweghe or any of We're again we're the '80s old heads. So we're going to remember those guys, but like casual fans like my wife never never heard any of those guys at all. So uh, hmm. this is it. This okay. is the, uh, the 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 absolute peak of of Nuggets basketball. This is did uh, they got an all timer? They drafted him in the second round, so they can always claim that as as geniusness. Um, Hey, he, he's great. Nikola Jokic is absolutely uh, the man. He's got the, the MVP awards. Now he's got the finals MVP. Um, and I won't go through all the numbers, but uh, his postseason was it, it was thir- something. Yeah. <laughs> 30 points, 13.4 rebounds and 9.5 assists. He was kind of good. That's that's uh, one play. That's one postseason. Um, yeah, there were field. points. And I don't know if he ended up finishing with it, but they were saying that he was basically having like an all all time postseason. Yeah, he might have averaged a triple double in the in the finals itself, um, which is, was unbelievable. Yeah, so averaged. Yeah. Was that yeah, game he, one when he had the twenty assists? He was one of those. He had a thirty and twenty with with uh, with. with with 10 rebounds or something like that. It was, it was insane. Uh, he was, and he does it in such a style that you just look at him and go, no, that guy, no, because he, yeah. he's not fast. He's not jumping over it, but when he wants a rebound, he gets it. He just says, okay, I'm taking <laughs> yes. this now. Uh, when he wants to score, he scores. He puts it in the basket. There's nothing that man, bam out of bio was trying his best. He was playing his ass off on defense and Jokic was just throwing the ball in. Just, I don't care. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what kind of, Front, you're putting up in my face. I'm, I'm throwing this ball in the basket anyway because you can't stop me. Like he is just—he's gotten himself to the point where anything he wants to do on the floor, he does it. And that's how you take a team uh, all the way to the number one seed and all the way to the championship as a second-round draft pick. Like he's not supposed to do that, but he just willed himself to do that to be that good. He's worked yeah. so hard in his game. He's, he's absolutely uh, an incredible player. He's. he's clearly bound for the hall of fame and he, he might not be done. Like they might come back. They, that the, the, the core around him is pretty young. Jamal Murray is his second banana and he's uh, a very good scorer as well. Um, he had a triple double in the, in the, uh, in the finals as well. Uh, they, they might be at this a while. They might be number one seed again next year. Now the, the Phoenix Suns are trying to do what they can to put together a, a super team and challenge them. They, they traded for Bradley Beal this week. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. Like uh, Kevin Durant isn't getting any younger. He misses a significant amount of games every season. Now he's getting just a little bit less effective every year. Uh, LeBron obviously is 38, 30, going to be 39. You can't rely on his level of play forever. Uh, I don't know if anyone's around to really challenge different. I don't trust any of those fuckers in the East until they actually grow some balls. Cause all, all three of them teams are soft as hell. Oh, you know, I completely agree. I mean, the bu- the Bucks did the perf- they did the right thing and and moved on from their coach um, because that that was a team that was that was out coached in many situations. So when you have the best, you know, Giannis is one of the best players. He, he, he's almost elite, right? He's he's on his way. Um, the, the jury might be still out, according to some people. Yeah, but. They definitely made the right move there, so we'll see if that ends up paying more in the X's and O's parts of the games where uh, the games seem to get away from them late, close games, so it makes sense that you would make that move. It's like, oh, no, he won the title. Eh, That's okay. Joe Madden won a title, too. (laughs) 
He tried to there's lose. a lot of there's a lot of NBA uh, champions that uh, found themselves out of jobs uh, not long afterwards. The, the guy in Toronto uh, was fired after winning a title. It's uh, yeah. it's the, it's, the, it's the thing that happens. You you win a title and you get fired. I, I guess they don't you don't win and then they fire you right away. You gotta have you gotta no, have, it's, yeah. There's a precipitous fall after that that has happened to several guys. But I, uh, I have here in front of me, uh, since we were talking about it, the list of, based off of sources across the web, the 42 most uh, famous Denver Nuggets. And ooh boy. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we, we did have, uh, I'm just looking at what we had. You had, you had, Carm- had Mello, right? Yep. And Alex English and, and Jokic. And uh, Michael Adams was on the list, and so was yes. uh, you brought up Kiki Vandeweghe. Yeah. Uh, but just to show you how much of a poverty franchise this has been, <laughs> when you hear some of the names in the top forty-two, like Rafe LaFrance. Rafe LaFrance, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> Mason Plumley. Oh no. <sighs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah. They even put Allen Iverson on here. Oh, the long story Nuggets career of oh, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. So even people who were just tangentially connected to the team that were played uh, uh, or had a cup of coffee get on this yeah. list. So that just that kind of tells you how Nurkic is on here. Uh, <laughs> Timothy Mozgov. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah. And I remember. I actually remember him. Uh, Earl Boykins. <laughs> Uh, Eastern Michigan point guard. I, 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 I think I can win this game. Hang on, wait a minute. Your boy, Paul Millsap. <laughs> oh God, I forgot where he went to school. But yeah, he, he was he was there. Yeah, your boy Fat Lever is on here. Antonio McDice. Antonio McDice was a beast, man. He had a, he didn't play <laughs> very long, but man, he he was a power dunker and man, what a great athlete. Yeah. He just got hurt all the time. Uh, Nene, how we somehow missed him. Oh, the great Nene Hilario from Brazil. Nene Hilario. <sighs> so. Yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of NBA Hall of Famers. Uh, no, the, lo- the long, the long and storied career of Chauncey Billups <laughs> on the Denver Nuggets. That, that's an original too. They, uh, I believe they drafted him uh, number uh, three Kenny overall. Martin, uh, did play for, for quite a few seasons. So. Yeah. But yeah, these yeah. these are these are these are tough. <laughs> yeah, I half of those I forgot played for the Nuggets. Uh, I honestly forgot about them. Uh, the the Prince. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of an obvious one. Well, the original uh, from the yeah, ABA. Yeah. Kembe Matumbo. <sighs> uh, that should be that should have been obvious too because he's the uh, author of the uh, the the first HC Debito one. Because uh, I remember him laughing with the ball on the floor uh, as as the Nuggets upset uh, Rain Man and and the glove and the Supersonics. Uh, that was the ah, first eight well, over one in go. NBA history. All right. So now, who else was but, on that team with them? I have no idea. Again, poverty franchise. And yes. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we can't take it away. I mean. They had the best player on the court in every series that they played, um, and it showed. And, again, not trying to 
you know, shit on it, but it's just you think about how random it is that they got lucky and found this fat guy in the second round that they who clearly uh, just does not give two shits about anything. No, he's related. just he's just he's doing like, his job and going home. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I, I'm good at this, and this is what I, and I punch in and I go to work and I punch out and, and that's about it. And it's if about the, the most Utah workmanlike MVP. You can if the Utah Jazz would have got lucky and drafted him in the second round, then we'd be hitting, sitting here talking about who's the most famous Utah Jazz of all time after Stockton and Malone. So Stockton not and too Malone. Many of... <laughs> Byron Russell. <laughs> not That's too many the guys after after them. Pete Hornacek. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Hornacek, yeah. Jeff Hornacek. Pete Hornacek. <laughs> Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> Pretty much just those 90s teams. It's just, that's the top. Right. The top, yeah. <laughs> all those guys in the finals. All those guys that you yes. saw play, uh, getting getting beat by Jordan two years in a row. All those guys. Yeah. Those guys are all the top players for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, and uh, sure Kirilenko. Oh, AK-47. Kirilenko yeah. was, a, was a man. Um, I'm pretty sure they're – franchise score before Malone came along was um, uh, Jerry Sloan? I, I, I don't think it was Sloan, oh, no, but that's another Bulls. one. He played for the Bulls. He did play for the Bulls. Uh, and he coached he was the, the, that, that's where he, That's where I got good. He, he was the all-time. Right. He, he, was there, he was the coach. Jazz. He was an all-time. Uh, uh, Adrian Dantley was the name I was trying to, ah, to come right. up with, but, but I promise you my wife hasn't heard of him either. But it's so um, it's terrible when all we can, when we think of the Utah Jazz, all we can think of is Stockton and Malone. That's well. That's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty dominant duo. If you're going to have a franchise dominant duo, and they probably were good enough to lead them to a championship. That duo, except for Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the Bulls. Yeah, that happened. Uh, that happened to a lot of people. It did. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, Stockton, Malone, Adrian Dantley are the top three. <laughs> uh, when I looked it up. Mm-hmm. And then on the second, and then it's yeah Jeff Hornacek, Andre Kirilenko, and then it, and then <laughs> the void <Ooh>, man, <laughs> uh, Thurl Bailey, Thurl, my guy, uh, Greg Ostertag. Oh my God! Do you remember uh, him? But again, off, off the nineties, uh, you off the nineties jazz. Yeah, Carlos Boozer, Mark Eaton. Oh, big Mark Eaton. Mount Eaton. Yeah. So, big, big this is fun. Poor bastard. <laughs> but, name random Western Conference players. Yeah, they, they, name the best players on poverty franchises. <laughs> uh, we welcome you to the uh, 1980s NBA Western Conference uh, uh, episode of Kings of Non Sequitur. We, we didn't know it was going to break down into that. But that's why it's King well, of Non-Sequitur, because you exactly never know where right. it's going Hey, go. we are giving the flowers to the Denver Nuggets, and it's not like there's a whole lot of other things that you can say than Jokic was the man, and so we got to fill the time. That's, that's it. <laughs> the, the world champion Denver Nuggets. We're, we're, giving, we're giving them their their flowers in our in our own uh, roundabout way. Yeah. Um, I can fill in the last eight uh, live minutes rambling about music um if, oh, if that would okay. not, uh, that, that might put you to sleep but I, but that's the risk that we take unless you had anything else you wanted to, to get off your chest no <laughs> um serious xm do you do you have serious or 
I used I, I did many many years ago. I remember when Sirius and XM. I had it so long ago that they were two separate companies. That it was XM and also Sirius. Because it was there was XM Radio <laughs> and Sirius, yep. you know, and now they're the same. But uh, yeah, so I had XM merged, Radio yep. very long time ago. And funny thing about XM Radio was their playlists were so like tuned in that you could set your clock to them. Oh wow! Really? Oh yeah! Like if a certain song would come on on a certain channel, you'd be like, "Oh, it's three forty-five." Nope. <laughs> wow! You don't okay. need to don't don't need clocks, watches. It, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but there's so many music services now. So you have a story specifically about satellite radio or uh, Sirius XM. About, about Sirius XM, who's been combining with Billboard magazine to create these uh, top 500 channels where you tune in. It's not by, uh, you don't set your clock by, you don't tune in at 3 o'clock and they're up to 50, um, but you you check in whenever you check in and whatever they happen to be at at that time that you check in, that's where you pick it up. Um, mass confusion for me. I don't understand these ratings. I don't know how they come up with these top 500s. Uh, so this started with uh, a 1980s top 580 songs of all time. You talk about right up my alley, right? Really up, up both of our alleys. Yeah. So I was very much looking forward to uh, hearing where some of the great songs landed and going back and hearing some songs maybe I hadn't heard in a long time. And maybe a couple of songs maybe I'd never heard that would, would get their flowers, which happened. But boy, uh how they made the list, I, I have no idea. Um, and how they make the decisions for some of these songs, I, I have no idea. Now, this list, as it turned out, I was so baffled by some of these decisions that I actually went online to look, okay, what? How did they come up? And I guess that particular countdown or list was, like, old. It was. It came out, like, three or four years ago. So that's how I was able to go actually see the whole list, uh, one through 500, instead of what I was doing was clicking in, you know, every – every day at a different time and oh there's number 470 and now um, the next day here's number 290 um and it was like frustrating because i wanted to know you know what what's you know of course i wanted to know what the top ones were and i could never seem to get in uh, when they were up to the top 10 but finally i did uh but anyway uh i was basically my attitude about it was i wasn't gonna have too big of a problem at all with the list so long as billy jean came in somewhere like top three top five should be so number one, was, right? That's what you were invested in. That was the thing that I, to me is what made whatever legitimacy or credibility for the list. Anything else was sort of fair game, but you got to have Billie Jean somewhere in your top three uh, or else the list doesn't really, uh, it's kind of invalid to me because by any metric, is there any other song that you could think of that would be considered the number one so uh, pop song or the number one song of the 80s? Now, maybe I should have asked you that before I mentioned Billie Jean's. I kind of poisoned your, your 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 pool there. Yeah, so I, I, I you know, I can't. So, yes, it's hard to say a number one because there were so many right. huge hits. In the yeah. 80s. So, all right, where are you going with this? Uh, Billie Jean was number 17. The okay. number 17 song of the 1980s? Really? I need to know Billie what Jean? the 16 in front of it were. <laughs> uh, now you're going to make me go find it again. Hang on. Um, 
and honestly, I didn't have a, a problem like with the top five. Like every every song in the top five, I was like, okay, I get that. So you would but, have been fine. So what you're saying is you would have been okay if it was six, based off of the list. Uh, I, I guess. Like if it was six, and then the top five came. And then in, the you top were like, five, eh, okay, I didn't have a problem right, with be, right. You would so. kind of begrudgingly give it to those and. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, going into it, I was thinking number one, definitely. And it's got to be top three or else it's not even legit. Uh, 17 blew me away when, when they came with 17. That's kind of like the beginning of my um, grievances that I'm about to air here. Okay. Um, but, but but now I'm uh, getting caught up trying to find the list again. I was about to say, because this is where we could have the styles clash because, you know, I, there may be some I agree with. Sure. Uh, well, when, when I get to the list, uh, we'll 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 see uh, how you how you feel about it. Okay, here's the list. All right. Um, did you did you want to guess at the top five? Cause it, no. It's really, it, yeah, it's really hard to almost impossible to guess the so top you're five. You going sixteen up to one, or are you going one to sixteen? Um, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll be Casey Kasem. I'll count them down from sixteen to one. Okay. It, all right. This is going to carry us into the after show, folks. So. It is. Uh, we're live, uh, and we got two minutes and 20 seconds to go, so there's so no folks, way. You need to subscribe to us on the iTunes or uh, the your favorite podcasting app. Exactly. So here, Wherever where you we're going. listen to podcasts uh, to get the after show. So that's, that's where right. you're headed. Here we go. Number 16, Diana Ross, Upside Down. Now, not greater nope. than Billie Jean. I completely Out. concur. Okay. <laughs> I completely agree. So far, we are one for one. At number 15, that's what friends are for. Dionne Warwick and friends. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and if we are, the world is on there. That's out, too. <laughs> I mean, it was, we are, the world was huge, and, and I would was. understand it. What? <laughs> Um, I know We Are in a World is somewhere on the list, but I don't think it's higher than okay. these songs. I think it yeah, was Yeah, so far, so far, no and no. Okay. Uh, 15. That was 15. 14. Oh, my God. You're really going to love this one. You remember Ebony and Ivory? Oh, my God. <laughs> Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. And, I Yeah. I hadn't heard heard that song in I mean I remember years. it <laughs> and I remember their terrible music video for it and <sighs> but, the, that's the 14th greatest song in the no, years, according to <laughs> no I wouldn't even no that's not top that's not no that's not it's not a top right, 20 hit we're we're not we're not doing the Louisa Rise. We're we're not betting well here. We're over three. We're we're not getting any hits uh, so far. Greater than Billy Jean. And number thirteen, I love rock and roll. Joan Jett. I mean, it's gonna. I'm gonna say no, <laughs> but it's closer. Okay, at least we're we're getting closer. We're getting warm. I mean, yeah, like okay. Still not, still not in my mind, a bigger hit or a better song or more substantial for the time, but 
definitely, and that's an early 80s hit, so that's something that people don't always quote-unquote think of as 80s, you know? Okay. Um, we're, we're getting uh, even earlier, because that's uh, uh, 82, according to yeah. uh, the 20, yep. Jan, January 20th, 82, according to this list. Uh, we're going even further back for most of the, the rest of the top 10 here. Uh, number 12. I honestly, I never even heard this song. John Lennon, Just Like Starting Over. No. The number 12 greatest song of the 1980s. No. <laughs> Have you heard that no. song? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but it, it didn't really, you know, it's not like, oh, stop the radio dial. <laughs> I don't know if I'd, I I'm, I'm as big of an '80s music nut as there gets. I don't know if I'd ever heard that song before. All right, number eleven. At least I've heard the song. Jay Giles Band, Centerfold. Okay, that's a big one. Um, what number is this? That was eleven. Okay, I was just outside the top ten. And that's a huge song. I'd say it's equal. To Billy G, okay. Yeah, was that's a, that was a that's a huge it was, song. No, it was a huge smash uh, from October of '81. All right, let's move to the top ten. Let's see what you feel about these. Okay, this is where it and gets number ten. This is because if there's stuff in the top ten where I'm like, oh hell no, get it out of there. Uh, you know that's not good. Uh, well, we'll see what you feel about it. At number ten, Lady Kenny Rogers. Nope. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing against Kenny Rogers, but no, no, Kenny Rogers does not get a top ten song of the eighties. Sorry, wrong decade. All right, that's that's an er. Uh, and number nine, Blondie, call me. Huge song. I, I, number nine. I think this was one of the days where I came in to the car and turned it on and heard "Call Me," and I was like, "Yeah, call me." That's got to that be song. like, hey, what is this number forty-five? Where right, right. I'm this, like, all know? right, it's, we, we got to be in the about to the two hundred, one, one fifty, whatever. Yeah. Number nine. What? Number nine of all of all the eighties. Uh, number eight. Oh my god. Say, 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 Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. Man, somebody's got a hard-on for the Beatles. Number eight? No. Oh. And again, not a great song. Right, I remember it as a corny-ass song. Like, who remembers that song as something just like, great? Just like Ebony and Ivory. Right, right. Ebony and Ivory, corny? I'm like, really? Well, they also have the That's What Friends Are For. This is some cheese oh. ball shit that they're putting <laughs> In their top 20. Well, they tried to go hard at seven and stick one in there. Uh, we're, we're, we're both huge, huge fans of number seven. Queen, another one bites the dust. Yeah, that that, that one's hard. To, yeah. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I gotta give it to, love, that, that. That's a big one. They both love that one. That's got to be like 80 or 81. Yep, August 1980. Yeah. Uh, so number six, I, it was it was huge. It was the number one. 
like I said, I didn't have a problem with the top five. Number six, I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Number six, Irene Cara, Flashdance. But I feel it. It was everywhere. (laughs) It was, but number six of the decade? Right. Like, really? Six? It, It was pretty big, though. All right, and five through one were all huge, and and I can't really argue with any of them. Five, every breath you take, the police. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah Kinda obvious. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Four. So there's Survivor, a song. I am a tiger. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a song in my head that I would be shocked if it's not on this list. So. Well, it's going to be on the list somewhere. Uh, no, 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 yeah, no, no. Somewhere so you're talking about in the top this group. The remind, of remaining where we top were three for huge '80s hits, and I'm just, I'm just curious to see if this song because it popped into my head here. Like, where's that? You know. All right, we got three left. Three left. Did, did you want to throw that guess out there and, and spoil it, or do you want to want to keep going with the countdown? Jack and Diane. Jack and Diane, not in the top seven. That is. That is shocking. It, it was huge. It, it was I am very, shocked. Very big. Some of the crap that's on that <laughs> list, and that's not even a song I like. I, I'm not a big, not a big John Cougar guy, but that song was massive. It was massive. John Cougar checked in. Uh, yeah, that that uh, defines the '80s, right? That was '80s. Uh, that was like any like that had that same airplay, like you know. You think sure. of the, 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 the like Madonna and Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and Huey Lewis, and all those people like that dominated the '80s. That song was right up there. This is why I'm having such a problem with with this, with this lizard. It it really drove me nuts <laughs> when I was listening. I'm like, how is that up there, and how is this one down? Or or God, uh, Tina Turner. Uh-huh. I mean, you just think of these artists that dominated the decade, and we're missing a whole lot of them. But uh, we got a whole uh, hell of a lot of Paul McCartney. <laughs> uh, I broke off to to look up for uh, some John Mellencamp. I broke off briefly for that. Uh, John Cougar checks in at twenty two, um, and it's not even Jack and Diane. That's hurt so good. Okay, that was big too. Yes, uh, Jack but and I, Diane checked in. So at, definitely, at, uh, but I, in my mind, if I'm making that list, it's the lesser of the two. Right. Um, uh, they're huge. They're both huge to me. I don't think I could uh, those differentiate. Are, yeah, those are monsters. That's what I mean. So it's why it's so hard to make a list like this. It's like whenever you talk about the goat of of something, because now right, you're getting right. sub- so subjective. So I'm driving myself crazy over something that that. But that. But my point is, it's it's partnered with Billboard. There's supposed to be a rhyme and reason to it. It's supposed to yeah. be. Is, is it a chart? Is it how long you were on the chart? Is it how many num- how many weeks you were at number one? What's the how do you get? Yeah, what's the, the criteria here? Because I can tell you, another one bites the dust and and call me. We're not dominating. I don't think either one of them got to number, number ones. One. I don't think they got to number one. And the John Lennon song, I've never no. heard of yeah, it. That's what I mean. But that's that's what the hell. <laughs> that's what I mean. Never that's why this list is. It. It's shocking. Oh, I will oh, tell man. you, there's probably more quality songs down in the 40s and 50s. Than in the some of the ones that we've pulled out here in the teens. So we've top three now, right? Top three. Um, and I was cleaning up the, the Jack and Diane query. It came in at 41. Um, ironically, one spot behind, We Are the World. 
Oh. At 40. Okay. <laughs> We're just nailing them tonight. The number three was Sheezy as Hell, but it was a massive hit. Endless Love, Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Yeah, top three of all uh, the entire 80s. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was number one. It was a huge hit, but not not one of my favorites for sure. Uh, okay. Number two was a huge number one, Betty Davis Eyes, Kim Carnes. That was number two? Yeah, of all the 80s, number two. It was It was big. Yeah. <laughs> and number one was big, and it was it was uh, the number one song of that year, 81, I believe. But even still, to be labeled number one of the 80s kind of knocked me off the car. I almost drove off the road. Number one of all the 80s, go Olivia Newton-John. No. <laughs> <laughs> the number one song no. of all the 80s. What's that based on? I have no idea. That no idea. is an awful list. <laughs> but I would just love to know what the rationale is. Like, what's this based on exactly? Um, but to put Billboard's name in it, to give it that kind of, you know, legitimacy, right? That's what made me think, okay, this is going to be good. Because this isn't going to be, you know, Joe Schmo's uh, most favorited songs today. This is gonna is is gonna be Bon Jovi all up and down, right? It's actually gonna be based on something substantial, something, you know, the biggest chart toppers. And like that's why the top five I didn't really have an argument because they were all humongous chart toppers and like number one for like six, seven weeks and shit, right? So I get that, but even still, how how is Billy Jean seventeen? That was number one for a, a good five or six weeks, I believe. Because I remember listening to Casey Kasem back then and being, I still remember this. I still remember being stunned the the night that I turned on the number the the top forty countdown, and Billie Jean had gotten knocked out of number one, and I will never forget it by Come On Eileen, and I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? That's number yeah, one. Yeah, no, no. So, <laughs> and I don't even know where Come On Eileen is on this list. It's on the list somewhere, but but just some of these songs like. The John Lennon song still blows me away at number 12. I'd never heard of it in my damn life. Anyway, I have a lot more grievances. I'll try not to go for another hour about it. But uh, another grievance I had about the list was there was a song. Uh, I don't know where it is on the list. I could search for it. There was another Kenny Rogers song, uh, ironically, that I had a problem with. I'd never heard of before either. But it was like down in the 400s or 300s. But the song, it was called Coward of the County. Oh, now, yeah. Hell yeah. Now, oh, you know that song? Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I can't well, tell when you're... That's a, that's a revenge title. <laughs> that is a messed uh, up it, song. It is. That That's my... Uh, uh, I've never heard of it in my life, right? Oh, no, uh, wow. No, I, I, I know that song. Okay. I, I can't tell when you're joking sometimes. I listened to the song and I was like, "Sing the chorus right now," but I won't. <laughs> I was like, "This is horrifying. This is <laughs> it is a re- uh, definitely a revenge song about yeah. a guy uh, who promised his father that he would not be uh, violent until his girlfriend got gang raped by three dudes." I'm like, "What the <laughs> hell is this?" Yeah, 
Uh, so that was my, that's depressing as fuck. That was like this. Like I said, I never heard of it, and to have it as one of the top songs of the '80s, and to, you know, for that particular subject matter, and that I'm like, this is crazy, man. This was, that just threw me out. Like the next song after that was like something really upbeat, like Billy Ocean or something, and I'm like, that doesn't go for. But it, it, you're not supposed to put the list together, to, you know, trying to match up songs and make it flow like that. It's supposed to be a ranking system. That's I guess my whole thing about. What? How do you get the rankings? How do you make? I don't. I, I. I could not make sense of why some songs made it this high and other songs made it that high and other songs made it on the list that I'd never heard of. And I just okay. So I'm not done. So that was the '80s list. Now for Black Music Month. Did you know June is Black Music Month? Don't worry about it. Cause uh, neither did I. No. I, I had no idea either. Anyway, June is Black Music Month. They did a serious Billboard Top 500 R&B songs of all time list, right? This isn't top R&B songs of the 80s. This is top R&B songs of all time. All time. I would love to know how they came up with that list. Um, I don't know the number one. I haven't. I, I haven't been able to, to click into where they've been doing the top ten. I think I got to the twenties, but I, I don't know the uh, the top fifteen, top ten songs. I don't know what the hell could possibly be number one. I know it's not Billie Jean because again, they've already gotten through Billie Jean. They already played that like in the twenties somewhere. Uh, I, I don't know why uh, they, they they don't respect Billie Jean. I guess the way I did. I always thought Billie Jean was like by far where's, the number one song in the eighties. Where's where's Prince? Uh, dotting the uh, dotting the list here and there, up and down, but not uh, as high as as a Prince yeah. fan like me would probably put him. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just that, monster hits. I, I, yeah. I mean, that the that '80s list, uh, his highest is uh, "When Doves Cry" uh, is 26. Sure, that that uh, makes one, sense. One one spot behind "Like a Virgin," which is fine, but. Two spots behind. Do that to me one more time by Captain and Tennille, which is not fine. That's I was not okay with that at all. Yeah, very, very dubious. Very, very dubious. Yeah, I noticed. I was looking at the list. I actually brought up the list, and it is oh, okay. very the the top hundred is very heavy in the first half of that decade. Yeah, like people stopped listening to music in 1986. <laughs> Apparently, made that list. <laughs> Uh, they had to fit Janet Jackson in there, uh, Miss You Much, and they had to fit George Michael in there in the, the second half of the 80s. Other than that, yes, it's pretty much all before 85. <laughs> but all, you know, for the most part, great songs. Uh, so understandable. Uh, but I just I, I just would love to know the uh, the, ra- the rationale behind, the, behind some of those rankings. Uh, my grievance about the R&B list so far, that from what I've heard, uh, there's another pro- uh, problematic song um, at number 401 that actually uh, the song, uh, I meant to look that up before the show started too, but I can do that right now. But basically the song, the lyric went something like, if you want to be happy, fellas, what you got to do, get an ugly girl to marry you. It's like, say what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, so they're trying to cover like all the the basically the history of 
rock and roll music or R&B music. So these are songs from like the 60s all the way up to now that they're trying to put in some sort of order. And that's uh, my grievance with that is I don't understand the rationale behind some of that. I don't know how they come up with with some of these orders or some of these, uh, like how do you get to one song from Marvin Gaye and the next song above him is by T-Pain. Like that literally happened this morning. I'm actually looking, I'm looking at the list right now. So I don't know. Do 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 you know the list? Yeah. I know. No, I don't. Do you, do you want the list? What do you you want? I'll give it to you. All right. What would you like? Top 20? Uh, yeah, because I think that's about where I'd stopped off. Okay, so here's so this is their R and B list. So all of these, if any of these songs were in the '80s, most of these would be better than what was on the other list. <laughs> um, this is like Murderer's Row. So it, it's a lot of good songs here, but some of them you'll be like, mm, not so sure. That's the one you picked, but yeah, uh, twenty is think. Well, Reza Franklin, you know, the Queen of Oh, okay. And I'm, I guess I haven't got to the top twenty because I haven't heard that yet. Yeah, I mean, okay. makes sense. But yeah, yeah, monster, sure. Uh, Nineteen O Girl by the Shy Lights. I will, I, will, I will spare you singing that one. Yeah, big, big hit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Eighteen, uh, a little song you might know called Pur- "Purple Rain." I, I may have heard of that. Yes. Yeah, that that's top twenty. Now that is not. That was that but was I, never the, the thing is about that song. My remembering of that song is that was not like your top forty. Songs. No, no, one, was, that, that, one it was too long, right? And, and two, it was too really, depressing. Didn't play that song did not play in the rotation. It was not as I don't think it was a single. I don't think he ever released that as a single. Right. But it's iconic anyway because it's it's a great right. song. Which is how many? But you think about how many songs that never really were released as a single have that kind of staying sure. power, and well, there is it's purple, right? Uh, 17 is Any Time by Brian McKnight. See, think about all the Marvin Gaye. Think about the Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Marvin. That's the number 17 greatest R&B song of all time. So far, that's the first one I've had a problem with. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. Good song, too, but come on. Uh, 16, My Lovin' and Vogue. Again, I, I love that song. Of it's all catchy time? as hell. Yeah, yeah. But of all time? Okay, all right. All time. Uh, 15, Ain't No Sunshine, No Withers. I'll spare you, I'll spare you singing that one, too. I mean, hey, come on. That's got to be on the yeah. list. Huge, huge song. Yeah. So, I, yeah, no problem. Uh, nope. 14, Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and and with that, I know it got to number one uh, on the Billboard chart. So sure, that I can certainly uh, not only is it catchy as hell and and you know uh, culturally a huge hit, but it even went to number one on the uh, on the pop charts. So yeah, can't 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 deny, can't argue uh, the power of that one. Uh, number thirteen, ooh baby baby, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Kind of hard to argue the, the 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 how big that was. That, that was everywhere. It's just changing gears though, and uh, twelve is never too much. Luther Vandross. Okay, um, love the song, like iconic song. Is that even his best song? Twelve, uh, best song. Uh, is that I don't know, most, but 
iconic song? Or, or it, it's it's in the yeah it's it's in, it's in the conversation, um, but again, the, of all time is doing the work here that that just kind of makes me yeah. reel and, and fall back like because I think about listening to that in '82 when it came out and this is the going to be one of the greatest R&B songs of all time. I don't know about that. I mean, it, 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 it's huge. It's it's huge. I just kind of it's not a huge argument. It's it's a, more of a quibble. Okay, so you're not totally outright rejecting it. You're just like maybe you have more of a seating problem, I think, here. Yeah, it's hard to put that as above, you know, the whole, there's a whole lot of songs that I, that it's above that I don't think I would put above it. Okay, so you're the Prince guy. Okay, yeah. We already had Purple Rain at 18. Well, at 11, they have I Want to Be Your Lover. Really? You're the Prince guy, so I I defer to the expert. I mean, you did like six hours on Prince one night. (laughs) It wasn't six hours. It was okay, four and uh, a half. It was it was an hour and ten minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I I intended to be fifteen and turned into seventy. That is a massive amount of respect for a song that probably didn't get into the top ten of the pop hits at the time. Well, think about both of these. his his number eighteen on the of all well, time. Purple Rain clearly didn't because it wasn't a single. Yeah, <laughs> never released as a single. Yeah. And number eleven, not even close to being uh, one of his most recognizable songs. It's it's exactly like um, Never Too Much. It's his first huge hit. It's the hit that people say, "Oh wow, what's that talent? Who is that?" But to say one of you know greatest of all time, I, I don't know if I buy that, and I'm a I'm a huge Prince fan, so of course I, I would be biased towards him. But of all time, that whew, that's that's hard to imagine. Great song, I love. I want to be your lover, of course, uh, but I, I I don't know. So I, I, I'm assuming uh, that's his highest uh, ranking song. Uh, yeah, that's the last time he appears. He is not in so the you, top ten. Your so you think about is not in the top ten. You think about Let's Go Crazy, When Doves Cry, um, mm-hmm. Controversy. <laughs> yeah, Little Red Corvette. Oh, my uh, God. 1999. 1999. Jeez. Yeah. That's, that's, so, a, nope. that's, a lot, that's a lot of songs that I think would be, should be above uh, I nope. Want to Be Your Lover. But well, like, get your ass out of here. Okay. All right. We made it to the top ten. And Actually, I'm looking farther down. I don't think he – none of those are even in the top 100. I, I don't understand. I just don't understand the methodology. Okay. Unless I missed something. Uh, nope. Didn't miss anything. It's not even in the top 100. Uh, let's see here. 10. This is your top 10, top 10 all time. So you. Top 10 R&B songs of all time. Now, somebody did take. I found as I was searching through this, somebody did take. John uh, Lennon. <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> uh, oh God. Dion Warwick. No, she's not in the top ten. <laughs> uh, close the door. Oh My boy, Teddy. Teddy Pendergrass. Okay, I see. I can't. That song is too. Uh, even more than Prince, almost is too close to my heart for me to uh, put it down in any way. Like that is iconic, Teddy. 
man, that is uh, that that's going back to I'm I'm so little I'm in the back seat of my parents' car uh, listening to some some close the door there. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not going to argue with that one. Okay, so so far you're okay. Not number nine. Uh, and again, this, when you when you hear the song and the artist, you're going to go, well, wait a minute. Where are all the other songs by that artist? Uh-oh. Um, and it's your girl, uh, Mariah Carey. Uh, we belong together. The humongous number one hit, her big comeback hit after she had kind of fallen off and started yep. uh, having some erratic behavior. This is her massive comeback, uh, Emancipation of Mimi. Uh, is, this huge, after huge, huge the, is this after all is the after all TV specials with the high school football teams? I, I'm you, see, you lost me on on that one. Remember that one? Oh, with the, with the high school football teams? Yeah, or like a video that you, it, was, it was really it was creepy. That's all I remember. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was after all the number one hits had had stopped had had dried up basically, and. It was like, oh, is she done? Has she, you know, like 10 or 11 number ones in a row, which is a hell of a run. But then she started having some some, some duds. And I was like, oh, she, she might be finished. And then she hits with, with, with that one. And that was that was number one for, God, probably about eight or nine weeks on the charts, um, on the pop chart, not the R&B charts, too. Um, I, I've, I heard a whole bunch of Mariah songs today because I was listening from – about 150 to 100 ish, and it was like three of them or, or four in there in in the top 200 to to 100 something like that. So they they represent a lot of Mariah, but it was a lot of the 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 early stuff. I, I heard Vision of Love today. I heard Someday. I heard uh, I, I may have heard something else this morning by her. Um, oh, I heard Hero. Uh, and I might have even heard something. Yeah, else. I mean, it's all so. So again, I'm looking at this top ten, and I think it's more just artists, <laughs> you know, instead of just the 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 biggest because songs. The, it's just there's a, only. Let me see here. There's one, two. There's a few of these where the song is the obvious song for the artist, and some of them where you're just like, oh, just pick whatever you want. All right, it's a huge artist, but that's kind of my thing. Like. The top uh, 50 hits of the 80s, like 10 of them should be Madonna, 12 of them should be Michael Jackson, 10 of them should be Prince, because it's the biggest of the 80s. And, right. And eight of them should be uh, uh, Whitney Houston. And then all the and, and take Paul McCartney and John Lennon and throw them the fuck out of there, because they were not huge stars of the 80s. I understand they're the Beatles, but they were not the humongous stars of the yeah. 80s at all. No. We talked about those, yeah, or, or um, even people who had those like the, that had the the huge chunk of the eighties, right? And then as you started to get into the, the back half of the decade, it started to become like you know George Michael and all those types of bands, and yeah, you know, and then you, you had people like sprinkled through. I mean, yeah, you two started Collins, up in the second half of the eighties. Every Genesis still popped up with the number one hit, <laughs> right? By himself, then he'd go back to Genesis, and they pop out another off, number one. Pop off the in, yeah. Invisible Touch, which is number one in '87, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Mariah, so, that 
I'm, I'm gonna. Is that the the highest Mariah song? Cause yes. It's the last one. Nine. I don't know how I don't know how many weeks that was number one on the overall Billboard chart. I'm not talking about R&B, but One Sweet Day by Boys to Men was number one for like 16 weeks. It was the record holder. It was literally the longest running number one song pop song of all time. Um, and now I think it's tied with uh, uh, Lil Lil Nas uh, Old Town Road. Um, but how where in the where in the hell is, is One Sweet Day and then that almost goes into another grievance I, I had separately, which is a lot of those songs that I was hearing were like pop or country songs that just happened to be done by black people. And that's why they could put them on the uh, R&B list. Like the first song I turned on yesterday on the list was um, Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams, which if that was sung by Jewel would sound exactly the same and wouldn't be on the R&B list because it would be sung by a white girl. But because it yeah. was Vanessa Williams, they put it on the There's nothing yeah, she, R&B about that song. Did, that was a pop song. She did belt the hell out of that song, though. But if Cher or Jewel would have belted the hell out of it, it would have sounded exactly the same. There was nothing Correct. about that song that was like specific to Vanessa Williams' voice. And well, hell, you uh, oh, uh, what? You're on a roll. I don't um, want to I'm, cut you off. No, I'm thinking I'm, I'm sputtering. I'm trying to think of the Whitney Houston huge hit, uh, I Will Always Love You, which was uh, a monster, uh, which is also not an R&B song. Yeah. That's, a, that's a country song. Uh, Dolly Parton wrote that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's uh, – now that she belted, belted the hell out of I understand that. But my point is, what, what's R&B and what's not? Like, is it R&B if a black person sings it, no matter how it sounds? Because that, that's a whole nother... Uh, I, wonder, I wonder. That's another grievance I had. But but anyway, uh, we we're on to number eight, I believe. Uh, I, boy, I don't know if this is... Uh, it, can't believe we're going to make a two-hour show out of this. You'll have to tell me if this is too low at number eight. Okay. Superstition. Number eight. I heard super. Wait, did I hear super? I heard something Stevie Wonder on one of the countdown. So maybe I heard something else and thought it was superstition. But I thought I already heard that. But for Stevie um, Wonder, they clearly got the song right. I think Stevie. That's just like Prince and Michael Jackson. Like you can. You, you, there's a. There's twenty songs you could pick, and you wouldn't be right. wrong. But if somebody was to put the gun to my head, and make me pick one. That's the one I'd pick. Okay. Um, now, it might not I, be the I, one you pick. I don't know. I don't disagree. I, I, I okay. do not argue with, with superstition. Okay. <laughs> so that was one that. of the few where I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So number so so seven, and this is the Mariah Carey problem. It's Whitney Houston. Okay. And right and now you just reach into the bag and pull out a name of a song, <laughs> and uh, they picked "Saving All My Love for You." Over, um, over everything else, right? But but especially over, um, and I will always love you, which was everywhere. Um, uh, I uh, of all time is just all time. Yeah, that's that that of all time phrase is doing a lot of work when you talk about like because you know just sitting there uh, hearing the song as a child and thinking greatest of all time. No, I wasn't, I wasn't, it, it was big. It was great. 
greatest of all time. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's egregious. I'll say that. Like, okay, it's not, so you're not you're not th- turning the, your nose up at it or anything. On the, on the John Lennon song, I've never heard of scale. It, it's not. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't rate up there. <laughs> oh, come and see the number six. It's a man's man. Right. It's a man man's man's world. Oh. James Brown. <laughs> um, really? That's another one. James Brown. Pick, you know, just reach into one. the hat and pick out a song. <laughs> I feel good. Uh, please, please, please. It's yeah. How is it, how is that over? I feel good. I I don't know. I have no idea. Which is <sighs> like, isn't that the James Brown song? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I would probably argue that. Um, I, I I don't I don't know, I, and I know it's a man's world could not have possibly been like top of the of the pop charts or anything like so. Just again, the the rationale is what I'm confused about. Like, how do you come up with that? James Brown and the top R and B artists of all time. Okay, completely Got understood. It. That song. <laughs> how did you come up? Right, if somebody said that these were the top ten artists, yeah, you're probably yeah, you're not actually going to have a whole lot of. Like fighting. If I took even this top twenty and we picked out these names, I was like, "Yeah, I get that. That that makes sense." Um, it's just those specific songs, though. That's just well, prepare okay. to be infuriated because <laughs> Michael Jackson is number five. Uh huh. Rock with you. What? <laughs> makes no sense. There might what? be 20 songs <laughs> that I would think not, thr- not Thriller. Before not, that. Not anything off of Thriller. Not a game. Not a game. Not anything off of Thriller. Okay. And that's his highest rated? It's it's not Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, even. <laughs> but But that is his highest rated song on the list? Yes. Wow. Oh, no, over Billy Jean. Wow. Over, okay. That's all you can say. Wow. <laughs> just, all right. That'll look good on the quotes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Andre. Um, end of the road is number four for boys to men. Okay. It's humongous. No, no argument. Okay. You're not, you're not fighting with that one. No, not my favorite. Just too maudlin, but too, too big. Un- understandable. It's too big to fail. Um, Al Green. Stay together. Three. Let's stay together. There you go. Not, not going to argue with that. All right. See, quintessential easy. R&B. Number two, Aretha. Uh, like anything Aretha, I'm not going to really argue with number two, but what did they pick? It's respect. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or natural woman, but yeah, okay. Uh, and number and one, at number one, if it was the white man's version of this song, it would be, hey, what happened? <laughs> but it's what's going on. <laughs> hey, what happened? Hey, what happened? <laughs> hey, what happened? Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you say, okay, it's Marvin Gaye. And then you just, okay, what song is it? Okay, I'm good with that one. Yeah, uh, and, and especially that one, all the social. That's the big uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
All right. I that's mean, got all the that's got all the social commentary. That's got everything in it, right? It's got everything except like how long it was on the pop charts. I, I don't think it was up there that long, but like R and B, okay, okay, I, yeah, just yeah. So you warmed, you warmed to the like, like right. it's just like with the other one, you kind of warmed up to the top of the list, but before right. that, just like what? What's going on? You're picking the right artists, but you're picking the wrong songs. Yeah, and. Yeah, that, that's my, just the rationale. How do you arrive at that? Like, how did you choose this? And I would love to know the process behind that. That, that, that That's my biggest uh, complaint about the, the whole thing. I had some minor, other minor complaints um, that I listed most of them already. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that, that I, I yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about the top of that list is, yeah, I get it. I understand. Okay, yes. I'm looking for, I'm looking for like, the big ones down the list that I know, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just looking at the top hundred here. So I'm like, okay, these are like big songs, big, big songs that even I know, you know? Right. And oh, man, celebration is at 33. That's a huge song. Sure. Uh, your, your girl, Janet, that's the way love goes. 32. Yep, I heard that earlier, so that's about where I left off yeah. when I went Midnight home Midnight Train to Georgia? Yep, I heard that. 39? Um, oh, man, if you don't know me by now, holy crap. Uh, 44? Uh-huh. That's, you know. There's Prince again. Kiss, 47. That was a huge hit. But there's so many others. <laughs> There's Luther here one? and okay. now, 54. Yep, huge. Yep. Yeah, I'll just stand by me. Oh, yeah, 61. That's kind of huge. 61. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no, Blurred Lines. Get that off the list. <laughs> Get that off the list. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't hear that because I would have yelled out at my job like, "What the hell?" Man, even I know. Get that off the list. <laughs> so another complaint I have heard it through uh, the grapevine. Kind of eighty-five. Big. Right of all time, when you think of some of the others above that, 85? That's eighty-five. Oh, right. Use me. Yeah, like Come I'm on. the only white guy driving down the road <laughs> in the middle of the night, blasting that song in a U-Haul. Oh, Remember man. that. <laughs> I'm sure you weren't the only one, but yeah. Eight, um, 86. I, iconic. Monster song. That's what I think of when I think of that genre of music. Yeah, quintessential R&B, absolutely. Yeah. Or the uh, blurred lines. <laughs> right. Just, like, really? Get out of here. Uh, so Is they get to like... Very white. Uh, never, never going to give you up. Yeah, baby. 94. So they got to like 139 or something this morning when I was listening, and they decided to play a short memory of Whitney Houston. Huh? And so then they so they played about 15 seconds of So Emotional, and then they moved on to, to 138. What? Oh, okay. The game, you're not on a radio station. You're not having commercial breaks. What are you saving time for? Why, why would you play 15 seconds of a song on this big-ass 
top 500 list and then move on to the next song. What was the rationale behind that? I was like, why did you do that? I mean, I, 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 that completely blew me away. So they actually did that a couple of times on the uh, R&B count. Now, they didn't, I don't think they ever did that on the uh, 80s one that I listened to. But they okay. did it a couple of but they did a couple more times on this uh, R&B ones because there's another point where there was two Mariah Carey songs in a row and they played one of them for like 10 seconds and then they played the other one, the, the whole song. I, I almost understand that. Like if you got an artist two times in a row, then maybe you don't want to play that artist back to back. However, they did it with uh, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie had two songs back to back at some point and they played both of them full full length. So I don't understand that. And then that rationale didn't make sense because they played his biggest hit all night long. And then the next song after that was Say You Say Me. How the hell do you put all night long behind Say You Say Me? There's no might way as well have put it, They might as well have played the next song and they had that been like dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, which I think they did on the, on the 80s uh, countdown. I think they had Lionel Richie back to back there um, and dancing on the ceiling and something else. Uh, but how in the hell do you rationalize putting All Night Long behind any other Lionel Richie song? To, to me, there's no other Lionel Richie song you could put up above that. Maybe uh, – no, what? Not Hello? Maybe Hello. Maybe. Uh, but but All Night Long was number no, one for a long yeah, time. That is – that, 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 is that was the top song of the year of, of 84, 85, whatever year that came out. I think that was the number one song of that year. So that's why I don't, yeah, that was I, a I don't understand that. Huge. So, yeah, that's just some of the decisions that they made. I, don't, I didn't quite uh, understand. Um, what I find and, interesting is that somebody has taken these lists and put them in, like, Spotify playlists. Okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. Which is great. So I, I actually may, uh, you know, fire this up. Yeah. And, uh, get infuriated. <laughs> I was just about to say, and when you get to some of the songs that you don't know why that's there, you go, what the? F-? What? You, you do your Danielle in your car. You go, what what the game why are they playing John Lennon, number 11 in the 80s all time, and no one ever heard of the... Uh, ah. Yeah, no, that 80s one was that 80s one was weird. And 80s, you know, and, and I, I, I can appreciate some of what they're doing because people think of 80s music, quote-unquote, as like its own genre of music. So you expect it to be certain songs. Well, no, 80s music should be anything that came out. In the 80s? In the 80s. Um, hmm. Like we think that all 70s concept. music has to sound like disco, you know? <laughs> the disco is only like, like it's all got to sound like ABBA the and the Bee Gees, <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, no, only, no, there's a lot more to this. No. The 70s was a great decade for music, and it was, trust me, way more than ABBA and the Bee Gees. It's before 77, uh, there's a lot of good music in the 70s. <laughs> no, the I understand what you're saying. that same thing, you know, but you right, know what I mean right. when I talk about that, yeah. sort of like that quote-unquote 80s pop, that top 40. Um, Not everything yeah. had to sound like Rick Springfield. Or, yeah, an MTV, and that's really mm-hmm. what I think jumped it. No, no. There was a lot of other music, other genre music. Um, yep. there, there was rock. There was all kinds of music in the 80s that we just don't think of as 80s music because it doesn't have that heavy synth or bad 80s saxophone. <laughs> hey, I love my 80s <laughs> saxophone. 
there are so many songs that came up in that 80s list that they, they get to the bridge and here comes that sax. It's like, oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> There's that 80s sax. Oh. <laughs> oh. Got to have some careless whisper. Got to gotta yeah, have that That's 80s the first sax. song that pops into my head when <laughs> yeah. I hear bad 80s sax. <laughs> Hey, quintessential 80s. Got to have some sex. It is. Well, that was fun. See, we, we somehow always managed to turn a show <laughs> of nothing into a show about something. I can't believe we made almost two hours out of that. I, I really and we can't. broke down the greatest Denver Nuggets <laughs> and Utah Jazz players <laughs> as voted on by nobody. And I even had one one last small grievance that I didn't even get out. It's just oh. that it, that that R and B list is just too broad. You you can't go from uh, like I said Marvin Gaye to T Pain to Stevie Wonder to Doja Cat. They they tried to do too much. They tried to fit. They had Beyonce in there. They had uh, they, they were just trying to. They had the Supremes. Like you can't you cannot compare a song from 1965 to Beyonce's latest hit. This, it just it doesn't sound anywhere near this. There's no way you can make a comparison as far as I'm concerned because there's just so much difference in that R&B versus this R&B. Like that R&B was really was rhythm and blues. It really had uh, some some blues elements. It really was something that was musically way different than what they're doing today. Which everything today is basically hip hop uh, beat um, with with, with uh, you know, with some synthesizers and, and voice modulation and all that. It, it doesn't sound anything like, you know, what they did back then. I don't, I just don't think you could have a, there, there's no list in my opinion uh, that should have Marvin Gaye and T-Pain on it at the same time. That's, that's not the same thing. That is not the same thing at all. So that, that was my last grievance. Okay. Well, then you are allowed <laughs> that because what, like you said, it's, it's, because when you specifically say a, a style of music, this isn't like saying a decade where anything that happened in that decade should fit in the box. R&B or, or rock, this is, this is, you're giving the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame argument right now. So, yeah, the I guess the... The anti-version the, of the, that argument. The, the same argument would be if they had the top rock songs of all time and they're going to put The Who, The Beatles... And smashing pumpkins, like it just—it's not the same thing. It's just—yeah, it's a style clash there. It doesn't—it <laughs> it doesn't fit. No, it, the greatest rock of all time is kind of—I I, don't—I guess maybe I'm putting it in a, in a box and saying that that should be basically anything before like 1998, because rock kind of died after grunge, in my opinion. But I. I just don't imagine that you could make a, a greatest rock list of all time and have anything uh, modern because it's it's just not good. And R and B is kind of the same thing. It's uh, the R and B of today. It's it's good, but it's not really R and B. It's basically hip hop, as far as I'm concerned. So, but that's that's. Uh, I'm sure there's actual musicians that can have a much more intelligent argument about it than, than me. It's almost it almost sounds like me uh, arguing uh, football uh, coverages and and offensive line stances like I have an understanding of it it's just not a good one but I'm very uh, resolute in my opinions about it so I, I will uh, yell about it uh, as long as I can okay and well that was a good show 
yeah, now, now it's time for me to rest my voice so I can yell about this interview tomorrow morning and hopefully uh, perform a lot yeah. better than I have been performing. Well, I, I clearly could tell that the the clock must have gone off for you that it was it was it was show time. You know, we needed to do a show because you're all of a sudden like, oh, let's get a show in. Yeah, I, I, doing all these interviews. I got another interview scheduled tomorrow. I got another one scheduled Friday. I'm like, uh, something's about to happen in the next month or so as far as this football thing. I just got a good feeling about it, and I wanted to get a show in uh, before it happens so we can uh, have some point of reference. I didn't want to have a show after I get hired for all of this and try to explain all of it in, in that show in July or something like that. So ah, want to get, get hopefully this stuff we can have a show uh, with the opposite result. <laughs> Uh, hope, yeah, hopefully I'm not uh, crying in my beer in, in July and talking about all the opportunities uh, that I lost. Because you haven't I put know. any money on this, have you? They don't have – They do like not have any odds. of my money. I, okay. They don't have odds <laughs> on not, this anywhere? I have not invested in this. I have not bet on it. I'm just really, really hoping that, that something uh, good comes about. So, uh, Oh, that's good. Whoever's listening, give me uh, uh, your, your best juju out there and, and hope for the best. Ah, so you well, I don't wrap this it. up. Oh, thank you. Uh, it, it might play a little bit with our um, our show. It might be some Saturdays where I'm not available. We might have to uh, get at it Sunday morning. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see well, how all I'm that around works most out. Sundays. I'm around most Friday nights, so we'll, we'll make it work. And it won't be that many because it's college, so it's, you know. September, October, right. and, and that's about it. And then the first month or two, first week or two in November, and that's that's pretty much anything uh, after Thanksgiving is, is bowl season. I, I wouldn't be involved with any of that. So but we'll see how it all works out. All right. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for hanging in with me and then and doing a list uh, back at me. And, and we, we yeah. both did our Casey Cates in the night, and, and we, we both counted them down. So And we both had just had – some infuriating moments. So that's great. <laughs> some head scratchers. Some, some head scratchers for sure. That's, that's absolutely right. So uh, everyone out there, uh, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Had to do it. Oh, this Casey case. I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and you reference jumps, so I guess we'll have to go out with that. Uh, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been as if you couldn't tell, Kings of non I did I actually know? didn't reference that song, but damn, where's that one? You you didn't? I could have swore you you threw that in there. No, okay. I did not bring in any Van Halen, but yeah, we're, we're, yeah, wow, just yeah, that, that's absolutely uh, iconic as well. Um, All I can so think about when I hear that though is uh, <laughs> I know the leadoff man. <laughs> WGN Chicago Wasn't Cubs that... baseball. <laughs> Wasn't that the... <laughs> Was that? Oh my God, that's taking me back. But that was the lead-in for the leadoff man, right? For for all of it, for the leadoff man yeah. and for the, the the real broadcast. Yeah. For the for the, for the game broadcast. Yeah, that was for all 84. of it. That was a magical '84 right? season. Yes. Man, we we were there. Sure. We remember because yeah. we were there. <laughs> all right, I have no and idea what I'm going to watch. Some be, George uh... Michael sports machine. <laughs> uh, but we will be back at you sometime in July and hopefully I'll have some good news as far not, as not uh, that George Michael give <laughs> <laughs> hey, George Michael we'll talk to you later folks
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.